Welcome in to the 48 Minutes Podcast on Believe, presented by Bet Online. I'm Ross Geiger, joined alongside Bruce Bernstein of Pure Hoops Media and World B, Michael Freer. This is yet another emergency podcast as Drew Holiday has been traded to the Boston Celtics. But before we get to that, just a reminder that football is back and Bet Online is your number one information source for all your sports wagering info with all the up-to-the-minute stats, news, scores, and matchup breakdowns. Get the latest game odds, spreads, and totals from the NFL and college football at your fingertips with Bet Online's real-time updates on statistics, news, and odds. From week one all the way to the college football playoff and Super Bowl, Bet Online gives you access to the best football promotions and contests available anywhere online. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to get in on the action. Remember to use our promo code BLEAV, that is B-L-E-A-V, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, where the game starts. And tonight, Bruce, being the Celtics fan that you are, I'm going to start with you. And I'm going to start with us. That is the 48 Minutes Podcast okay. crew. Uh Almost three weeks ago, 48 Minutes Podcast set in motion events that have reshaped three franchises over the past three weeks. Obviously, Milwaukee, as the Giannis interview kind of spurred everything happening there. Most certainly, Boston, after what happened on Sunday, and also Portland. So, NBA Nation, feel free to blame all of this chaos on us. Well done, fellas. High fives all around. As for me... Wow. Right now, the future's so bright, I gots to wear shades. <laughs> Drew Holiday was exactly the guy Boston needed. And I remember saying to you guys, as soon as he went to Portland, my first thought was, how can they get this guy to Boston? Because he was exactly the guy that they need. And if, that if he somehow made it to Boston, we'd be looking probably at a 60-win team and uh, maybe a co-favorite along with the Bucks to win it all. Uh, he more than offsets Marcus Smart. And it will be tough to find two better perimeter defenders in the same lineup with Derek White and Drew Holiday. One was first team all defensive. One was second team all defensive as their starting guards. Um, of course, a lot depends on Kristaps Porzingis. He needs to play 65 to 70 games and be healthy come April. But I think we really are looking at two possible 60-win teams. And as good as Denver was last season, guys, I think both of these teams, Milwaukee and Boston, are better. But today in Boston, we are thinking banner number 18. Yeah, today in Boston is certainly a holiday, if you know what I mean there. Ooh. But uh, World B, I got a question. I want to start with you, and then I want Bruce to come back and answer it as well. But obviously, uh, the Celtics lost their heart and soul in Marcus Smart earlier this offseason. They did add Kristaps Porzingis. But when you compare Marcus Smart to Drew Holiday, I mean, didn't they just get a better all around player. I mean, the defense isn't that much of a downgrade getting drew holiday from Marcus smart. And obviously when it comes to the offensive end of the floor, I would think drew holiday is much better. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. Uh, he's a, a real point guard. Uh, unlike Marcus who played the point, but you never really got the feeling he was a playmaker. Um, defensively it's, you would feels like a wash between the two of them. Uh, you're certainly getting older, so the window is. Uh, yeah. But if you're the Celtics, you can do that. You're young at every other spot, so you 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 can pull a stunt like this. Uh, he's a better shooter, and you know, seeing how well he worked with Middleton and Giannis in Milwaukee, 
I mean, if you're a Celtic fan like Bruce and you know Beantown in general, you can't help but like the idea of how he's going to mesh with uh, Tatum, who they played on the same Olympic team with a couple of years ago, and uh, Jalen Brown. And Bruce, what's your thoughts on that? I mean, obviously, smarts out, but now you insert Drew Holiday. Well, look, Drew Holiday's four years older, okay? So, you know, but we're not talking about a future a deal to for the future here. We're talking about win right now. And if you're looking to win right now, um, here you have Drew Holiday. We all know about his talent. We all know about the fact that he is probably one of the finest human beings in the entire NBA. His charitable work, his team-oriented style. Uh, Giannis said he was the best teammate ever. I have every, every reason to believe that the people in Boston that play for the Celtics are going to feel that way about him as well because his entire career, that's been who Drew Holiday is. So, yes, he's, you know, he and White on the perimeter, they're going to keep, they're going to lead the league almost in forced turnovers, in my opinion, because of those two guys ball hawking outside. They're not going to have as, as you know, and, and of course they have KP supposedly to guard the middle. But I mean, there's going to be a, it's going to be really tough getting into the paint against Boston this year. And so, I think their defensive numbers will be, which I'm not really sure where they were last year. You could speak to that. I would expect that defensively, they definitely got better. Their big thing is now going to be depth, and they have some moves that we will talk about things that maybe they need to do to kind of get this thing exactly where they need it to be. Well, you know, last year, Bruce, they were the number two. They were the only team in the league that was top two in, in defensive efficiency and offensive efficiency. They were second in both. And now what have you done? You've basically, like we just said, made it a wash defensively, essentially, and you added Porzingis to help your offense, along with Holiday, who's a better shooter, as we mentioned, than, than Marcus Smart. So this really, not only does it close the gap between Milwaukee and everybody else that we thought maybe was the case, it really provides a separation between Milwaukee, Boston, and at this point, the rest of the East. There is a lot of questions with the rest of the Eastern Conference. And we and by the way, we're still talking about the teams with the two best records a season ago yeah. that are just getting better. And you know, all the pat we talked about before, all the glamour, all the star power went west. Uh it seemed like it, that was where the power was, and it still may be. But now you may have the two best teams in the league right here in, in the Eastern Conference. Now, Bruce, I want to gauge your worryometer here. Obviously, you did give up Time Lord in this trade. You're now relying upon a healthy KP and Al Horford. I mean, it, their usage has got to be up. I mean, outside of those two, you've got Luke Cornett, and they made a, a smart signing today with Wenyan Gabriel. I know it's just a camp deal, but I would probably bet on him making the team. I think he's a fine young player that can play 10 to 15 minutes uh, in a limited role off the bench. But what's your what's your worryometer from, from one being not worried to 10 being extremely worried with kind of just the age and the health of your front court? Well, I would put it at about a four, which is fairly significant, because here's the thing. You're right. Time Lord's gone. You would think now Al Horford will be the number one big coming off the bench, all right, if KP is going to start at center. So Al's a very capable, you know, number two center if he has to play, you know, 24 minutes a night or whatever, maybe fewer. You know, he, he'll still give you a lot. But – they need one more guy coming off the bench, one more big coming off the bench. Now, I think there's going to be some options for them. They've got a boatload of number two draft picks. 
Look at Chicago. I mean, they're who knows what Chicago's doing, but they have Andre Drummond sitting there playing kind of, you know, small minutes. You think maybe they might accept a couple of number two picks for Andre Drummond? If so, I think that's very viable. And as far as the free agent bigs out there, there's actually three guys that I think could, could be somewhat intriguing. Number one, uh, Nerlens Noel, who's a Boston area native. Uh, again, not a major contributor here, but maybe 10, 12 minutes a game, you know. Uh, Myers Leonard, okay, who we know had some problems off the court, you know, with some, you know, uh, politically incorrect stuff that he showed real remorse about and really made amends to try and uh, prevent it. But he's not that old of a guy. And again, he's a big body. He could be, you know, somewhat of a, like an Isaiah Hartenstein type of presence for Boston coming off of the bench. Or Bismarck Biombo. Really good, under the radar, backup big. So I think one of those four guys is going to end up on Boston's roster prior to this season. And that's my biggest concern. Yes, there's some other depth issues. You know, uh, the coming off the bench right now, I know Peyton Pritchard's going to have to play a bigger role, right? I think if he had made more money, he would have ended up in Portland because he's an Oregon native and they wanted him. But he was only making $4 million this year. The numbers weren't close enough. Um, Svee Michalik, they picked him up in the offseason. Gives him a little bit of shooting off the bench. And I really liked picking up O'Shea Brissett, Lamar Stevens, and this Jordan Walsh, this rookie, looks pretty good. Because their bench is mostly underwhelming. I mean, Sam Hauser can occasionally get hot from downtown. Uh, but uh, they're going to need to rely on those guys, uh, you know, somewhat. But they're starting five, man. By the way, I mean, that's going to be brutal. By the way, you mentioned, you know, Al coming off the bench because you got KP in the middle now, you know, conceivably. Last year in, in Washington, they went with a lineup of KP and Daniel Gafford, their big guy, a lot, and it really worked out. I mean, they, they were really successful. When they started to get, you know, some success uh, where they were, you know, threatening for the uh, uh, play-in tournament, you know, they had those two in the court a lot. And it worked out really well. So don't discount that possibility of those two bigs in the on the court at the same time. And with Al possibly, you know, especially if they play Milwaukee and somebody's got to guard uh, Giannis, and I'm assuming at the moment it would probably be Al Horford, given his uh, ability to defend. And that keeps KP manning the, the middle there where he, you know, averaging a block and a half last year. Had one of his best uh, seasons, you know, defensively. I don't know if KP is going to be able to chase Brooke Lopez out to the perimeter, though, because if if Al's on Giannis, somebody's got to take Brooke, and if and if they just let yeah. Brooke take open threes, he's going to, you know, he's going to do well. Yeah, and uh, with that, let's go ahead and get right to our second quarter here. Of course, big trade for Boston. What is the Bucks' loss is now the Celtics' gain. So Bucks helped themselves out. Of course, they got Dame time in Milwaukee. But they also helped out <laughs> that other team in the Eastern Conference, as we just said, record-wise, top two teams in the East last year. I mean, we'll be. I'll start with you. Do you think the Bucks uh, have any any concerns? I mean, I don't think there's regret, but like, I mean, tonight, today, today's news probably wasn't uh, taken uh, so well. Well, I I would imagine when they made this deal and they knew Drew was out there that they you know, considered this possibility. You know, they, they had to get what they had to get. And I, you put it best. They're not worried or anything. They're not regretting 
anything. But yeah, you go up against Drew Holiday, you have some concern. He, they know what he's about as a defender. They know uh, how you know you get in the playoff series, how he can take out your guy, and Dame is going to be their guy on the perimeter. So we'll see how that works out. I don't think uh, for a second Milwaukee would um, do things any differently. Uh, you can't worry about that either. We had to get you know you had to get what you got, and it's up to uh, Portland to you know deal with this situation the way they want to deal with it. There's nothing they could do. Uh, yeah, there's no – they'll be concerned if they have to meet in the postseason, which, you know, if you look at it today, yeah, I'll see in the final, Eastern Finals. But, you know, that's the price you pay when you get somebody like uh, a superstar like Dane Lillard. And, Bruce, I mean, obviously you're our Celtics fan here, but if you're looking at the perspective of Milwaukee, I mean, what's your thoughts on all this? The Lillard move was a great get, period, okay? He and Giannis are going to be deadly in the screen and roll. And, you know, Dame is a great clutch player, and the Bucs have oftentimes had problems scoring down the stretch that cost them games. So he's really, I mean, this to me was, you know, they should have no regrets about picking up Dame Lillard. A lot of people are saying, well, not a lot of people, I might have read it one place, but it's interesting. <laughs> Hakeem Olajuwon uh, had a veteran guard join him after his first championship from the Portland Trailblazers. For the 1995 season, fellow by the name of Clyde Drexler. He came to Houston. Hakeem got ring number two. Hello. We said Hakeem, uh, you know, he's working out with Giannis. In my mind, Giannis is Hakeem 2.0. And maybe Dame Lillard is Clyde Drexler 2.0. I think that could be really cool that history could repeat himself and then repeat itself. And one more thing. If these teams were to play in a playoff series, presumably the Eastern Conference Finals, Dame Lillard and Drew Holiday as a matchup on the court? Are you kidding me? Is it going to, could it possibly be any more compelling uh, from a game within a game perspective than those two guys just going at it? Yeah, I mean, that nothing, nothing would beat that. I mean, to kind of see Drew Holiday up in, uh, Dame shorts the whole game. Dame making some tough shots, just going back and forth. It definitely would be such a big battle there. And as far as Bucks news are concerned, they made a big signing today, especially this late into the free agency period. They picked up Cameron Payne, who's actually following the footsteps of Javon Carter, coming over from Phoenix and joining the Milwaukee Bucks. World B, I'll start with you. What are your thoughts on the Bucks adding Cameron Payne uh, to be their backup point guard? I think it, they, it was something they needed. Um, we talk about the Celtics and their lack of depth or, or potential lack of depth, we should say. Uh, Milwaukee's basically in the same situation. We talked about it the other day. Uh, it's something they have to build uh, build up, and they have an experience back up with uh, big-time playoff experience in, in Cameron Payne. So I think it's a really good move. And by the way, we were talking – You know, at, we still have the trading deadline coming up as the season goes on, and it's a lot easier – to fill your bench, to make trades to fill your bench, to find players to fill out a roster, a quad where you can get 20 minutes a night. Then it is, well, we need starter help. We need to help at the power forward start. It's easier for what the Celtics and the Bucks are going to need going forward, assuming everybody's healthy, to go and make a trade for a lesser uh, known player or whatever and use that person or a pretty good veteran, one-time good veteran. Now you can come to one of these teams and be a backup. Blake Griffin was was in that role over the last few years around the league. 
So there's no reason why they can't fill it up, and they have time to do it. And, Bruce, are you looking forward to that Cameron Payne-Peyton Pritchard backup matchup? (laughs) Hey, listen, Cameron Payne is is an excellent veteran backup guy. He's played on winning teams, okay, played behind Chris Paul. So presumably if he studied a little bit about what Chris was doing, he he may have some stuff in his bag that he learned from Chris as far as the old – thumb and the waistband on those screens, you know, little stuff like that. Uh, So yeah, Cameron Payne's, you need guys like Cameron Payne to, you know, in case of some injuries or just simply he's good, you know, give him some minutes. Yeah. And Cameron Payne, I think another thing that could maybe benefit the Bucs is he has some familiarity playing with Jay Crowder in Phoenix. So if anyone can maybe help Jay Crowder get going back in Milwaukee, obviously um, didn't really play too well last year. Uh, once acquired, um, but uh, if you can certainly get him back on track, that can certainly help the Bucks' chances as well. Because we talk about the Celtics' depth, the Bucks are going to need Jay Crowder this year, and he's got to really step up for them. So um, that should be a lot of fun to see Cameron Payne and Jay Crowder back together with a reunion there. But with that, we've gone ahead and reached our halftime buzzer. We're going to take a quick break and come back with you for the second half. And we're back with the start of the second half. And, of course, these last couple of emergency podcasts, we've been talking a lot about the Bucks and the Celtics. But, you know, kind of lost in all this is the return haul that the Portland Trailblazers got for Damian Lillard. And, uh, Bruce, I'm going to start with you. What are your thoughts on what Joe Cronin has done in Portland? I would say that Joe Cronin is the early, 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 early favorite for NBA Executive of the Year, as far as I'm concerned. Not only did he get a major haul, which I'll detail in a moment, in exchange for Lillard and some spare parts, right? But he really stuck it to the Miami Heat. (laughs) They were so sure they were going to acquire Dame Lillard this summer that they allowed Gabe Vincent and Max Struess to leave as free agents because they were trying to clear the deck so that they could fit his number into the salary cap. Well, that kind of blew up in their face. So here's the bottom line. Cronin trades Lillard, Nasir Little, Yusuf Nurkic, and Keon Johnson in a three-team deal and acquires DeAndre Ayton, okay, (laughs) Holiday, more on him in a moment, Tamari Kamara, Milwaukee's number one in 2029 and unprotected first round swaps with with uh, Milwaukee in 28 and 30. Then he flips Holiday to Boston for Malcolm Brogdon, Robert Williams III, a number one pick in 2024, and a number one pick in 2029. And don't be surprised if he flips Brogdon elsewhere for even more assets because he doesn't really need him any more than he didn't need Drew Holiday, right? Because Scoot Henderson is the future at point there. So Brogdon's got some value. It makes pretty good money, but a team that really thinks they're close, and and if Malcolm is healthy, of course, I just think it would – this guy, this Joe Cronin, man, he just did a masterful job with this whole deal. From having a hand that people thought was like a stiff hand where Lillard was going to Miami for a bag of chips – he took that and said, no, 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 no. That ain't that ain't how this play is going to play out. This guy's got some cojones. The entire hoop world figured he was going to have to surrender Dame, but he held his ground, and he's looking like, like the badass of GMs right now. World B, what's your take on uh, Portland's Hall? Uh, it was a tremendous uh, 
series of moves by Cronin, uh, as Bruce mentioned, it's you know you can't help but give him an A plus for all this, considering where we thought they were going to be. We thought they had no sh- you know no choice but to trade him to Miami. Who else could take his contract? Who else could you know provide the the assets that they wanted? And Miami tried to hold firm and tried to uh, say lowball him of sorts, but they tried to have the advantage in the deal and. He found another suitor, and it worked out. Uh, you know, the Bucks front office listened to uh, Giannis when he was saying, and it, it made perfect sense. I don't know why you know, we didn't consider it before, uh, but it made perfect sense to, for Lillard to end up in Milwaukee. Uh, yeah, they're still an extremely young team. With after this is all said and done, you know, Scoot Henderson is the future. You know, if it works out the way we think it's going to work. Shaden Sharp's still there. Anthony Simons is still there. And DeAndre Eight is very young. You know, he's just been on a veteran team and been in the spotlight for a long time. But he is a very young player. So there is the potential. It's going to take some time, but there is the potential for the Blazers to really become a fun team to watch down the road. And Bruce, I, I agree with you with the fact that I think the offseason general manager of the year, of course, is Joe Cronin. But I think what's going to be like a GM of the year award for him is the fact that Scoot Henderson wins rookie of the year. And boy, has he really tailored this team around Scoot. I mean, Scoot's now got two legitimate big men to dump off uh, lob passes or uh, dump off passes in the block. He's got shooters and Simons and Sharp. They've got Jeremy Grant still. I mean, Scoot Henderson winning Rookie of the Year, I think, would be pretty much like winning General Manager of the Year for Joe Gronin because you're really kind of setting your young, talented point guard up for success moving forward past year one. So if Scoot wins Rookie of the Year, that might as well just be kind of like the GM of the Year for Portland because, of course, when it comes to the actual award, I think it's going to go to a team that has a really good winning record, and I don't think that's what Portland's really – kind of going for this year but the other thing I wanted to ask you guys real quickly here is when we look at the that Portland front court now you know they've got Time Lord and they've got Aiton do you think we'll see some of that twin towers uh maybe a couple starting lineups where they both because you can shift Jeremy Grant to the three I think it'd be pretty interesting to see Aiton play as a power forward I mean obviously we know the one thing that Aiton kind of lacks is that toughness he likes to really kind of settle for you know, 10 to 15 foot jump shots. He's not a guy that really gets his nose in there to grab rebounds. Could we see Time Lord at the five and Aiton at the four in their starting lineup? Bruce, what's your thoughts on that? Well, you know, Aiton has never really put up big numbers as far as block shots, whereas Robert Williams per capita is one of the most productive shot blockers in the entire NBA. His story is always going to be, can he stay healthy? Robert Williams is, you know, one of those guys that every time he would hit the floor as a Boston fan, I'd be like, oh, no, oh, no, this is it, this this is season. So, um, and a lot of his best shot blocking came from the weak side, right? It wasn't necessarily his guy whose shot he blocked. He was helping out and got a lot of blocks helping out. So I could see it being Aiton at the five and Williams at the four, Okay. Because really, Williams is only like 6'9", right? Aiton's legitimate seven foot. Problem with Robert playing the, the, the four is that he has no outside shot. He can't shoot from outside. He's no threat whatsoever to shoot from outside. He's very good in the dribble handoff things. He sets good picks. He's even a very good passer. But he never really developed that 12 to 15 foot shot to keep 
his the guys guarding him honest. So I think he, you know, there's reasons to do what you said for the what I just explained. He's not a shooter, but I don't know. I mean, uh, but it'll be it'll look both he as you said, both he and Aiton are going to be the beneficiaries of some very easy buckets when yeah. Scoot Henderson's throwing the ball up in the air and saying, "Go get it, guys." Any quick thoughts on that world B? Uh, I think for Boston or for Boston for Portland to start getting better, uh, they have to improve it on the defensive end, and if, uh, that's why I would wherever Robert Williams can help you out defensively the most is where I would put him right now. They're going to take their lumps as it is because they're so young still, uh, and you know you're just not going to come in with a bunch of young players and stand out defensively. You're going to need all the help you can get. They have really really struggled defensively under of all players Chauncey Billups who we just assumed when he came there would turn things around just hasn't worked out that way defensively they're one of the worst in the league in efficiency so they'll have to if they want to get better if you want to start seeing this team winning some games they'll have to improve on defense and so wherever Robert Williams is most effective defensively I know what Bruce saying about his ability to uh, shoot the perimeter shot and it's it's true but if, if putting him at the four for some reason helps you out defensively or whatever, whatever helps you out defense, because you're going to get points between uh, Scoot Henderson, Simons, Shaden Sharp, Jeremy Grant, uh, who I would, if somebody wants to take Jeremy Grant's contract, he probably won't make it to training camp with this team, but I don't see that <laughs> no, happening. Either. No one's taking that. Um, <laughs> no one's taking that. Well, you, there's a sucker born every minute. You know, just, just go look on 33rd Street there at the Garden. Yeah. Oh man. And so there's there's always somebody around that'll do something. Uh but you're right. It with that line that line should be able to score some points. It's can they defend? Yeah, it's definitely a league pass watch there, and I'll be tuned in to watch Scoot Henderson ball out every night in Rip City. Now, as we get to our fourth quarter, got a big question for you both here. And Bruce, I'll start with you. Did it was there a bigger loser this offseason than the Miami Heat? And it's weird to say because they're obviously coming off a finals appearance. This was a totally lost off season for Pat Riley and the Heat. They lose Vincent, Gabe Vincent and Max Struess, who they we said before, they left as free agents. They were clear on the decks for Dame. Eh, two starters from an NBA finals team, gone. Okay. Uh, they struck out on Lillard, obviously. And now it might be Kyle Lowry starting at the point guard, the <laughs> aging Kyle Lowry. Um, the team has three guys that are pretty old by NBA standards. Lowry turns 38 in March. Jimmy Butler is 34 and Kevin Love is 35. Now Love's coming off the bench, but still he's a 35-year-old guy. They got two guys, you know, Bam Adebayo is approaching his prime. He's age 26. Great player. He'll be the best player on that team, I believe. Uh, And Tyler Hero, who turns 24 in January, who knows they were trying to trade him all off season. But, you know, as Marcus Johnson told us the other day, he believes that the heat culture will pretty much paper over any issues that Tyler Hero might have from an attitude perspective. And I agree with that. But here's the thing about the heat. They've got a great record of developing young players that you never heard of. So I would expect some surprise performers to emerge this year in Miami. I don't know who there's guys on their roster, maybe, but this is, but in spite of what they can hopefully do, uh, hopefully from their perspective, do there, this is not how Riles and Eric Spolstra expected to begin camp. General Manager Andy Ellisberg should be calling Joe Cronin of the Portland Trailblazers <laughs> saying, 
Yeah, so about this Malcolm Brogdon guy, uh, yeah. any interest in a couple or second-round draft picks? You know, he's not going to be playing much for you. You're collecting assets. How about something like that? Because Brogdon, if healthy, and that's a big if, would be a much better option than Kyle Lowry as the starting point guard. Start Brogdon, bring Kyle in off the bench. Uh, it's not all lost for Miami, but boy, oh boy, if you're a Heat fan, you know, you're you're reaching for the bottle after everything that's happened the last week or so. And uh, World B, you're our Knicks fan. Bruce, of course, you're our Celtics guy, and I'm the Bucks guy here. I think we can all mutually agree it's kind of fun to see that the, the Heat lost out on this. Uh, and World B, as far as the Heat are concerned, I mean, you got to be pretty happy they didn't improve much being the Knicks fan that you are. Well, yeah, I'm, the sting <laughs> of them beating uh, New York in the conference semifinals when they really did not have a great season. There's a reason they were trying so hard for Damian Lillard, Lillard, other than the fact that he's a superstar. It's they needed, they knew they needed to improve this team. This is a team that was in the uh, play-in tournament, and they were down in their second game to Chicago at home with a chance to not even make it, and they got hot. This is a team that was, I think, 27th in three-point percentage last year during the regular season. They got hot in the playoffs and was number one. So now, but you know, Miami knows. All right, what happened in the playoffs is not indicative of what kind of team we had. So they know they have to improve, and they and they got rid of a couple of really good shooters, not to mention defensive players and Vincent and Struss. And so they need, you know, Lillard would have obviously uh, helped them and made them a serious contender. But they knew what they had coming back and what their season looked like in that conference. They knew they had to get better, and they didn't. And now it's. Uh, it's going to be a scramble for them. They have really good players, but their shooting is an issue. Yeah, shooting definitely is an issue, and it uh, should be interesting to see what the Miami Heat do probably during the season to try to improve this team. I think they're going to try to take their lumps as they come about this year and try to make adjustments on the fly. Who's willing to deal with them? We'll have to find out. Obviously, it doesn't seem like Portland has much interest in doing that, but uh, – Boy, yet another exciting trade uh, here today in the NBA with Drew Holiday heading to the Boston Celtics. And uh, kudos to the Portland Trailblazers for continuing to go ahead and collect uh, young and uh, enticing assets moving forward into their bright young future. But uh, with that, that will do it for this edition of the 48 Minutes Podcast on Believe, presented by Bet Online. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll be back with you next time to be sure you're up to date in 48 on all things around the association. Take care, everybody. <laughs>